Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Hey there, welcome to ES First Online. We are exclusively online for the uh, duration of our uh, quarantine, social distancing, everything that is required uh, for us to stay healthy. And uh, we know that you are too. So whether your kids are in the backyard or in the basement or uh, maybe you're just trying to figure out how to take your dog on a walk so it doesn't chew on everything, uh, bless you first of all and uh, keep on doing the thing. So we're here for you. We are a church that is dedicated to Jesus. We are uh, Bible-believing. We believe that the Word of God, the Bible is the Word of God, that it is His Word for us. And uh, we read it with the intent that God is speaking to us. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is making things come alive, and it changes our lives. So we take that seriously. We preach through the books of the Bible. We look into His Word, and uh, we expect to experience God in a real way. So wherever you are, at home or uh, running around in the park, whatever you're trying to do while you're listening to this, watching this, in the car, trying to hide out from zombies, uh, we pray that God is speaking to you and you experience Him in a real way, right where you are. And uh, we believe that God is moving in your life and drawing you close to Him. So as we look in the Word of God today... um, I just want to encourage you that um, God is moving on your behalf. God is working behind the scenes. I heard one guy say that uh, we always talk about God's right hand. The Bible talks about God's right hand, and you can see the right hand moving. But oftentimes, you don't see what God is doing with the other hand. It's like he's working and and moving things around and, and arranging things. And the Bible says that he does that for your good. He is working things out for you good, no matter what it looks like. On one side, whether it's bad or in between or indifferent or boring or exciting, all of those things are working out for your good because God is able to make all things work out for your favor, for your good. So as, as we uh, look in the Bible today, turn to the book of Colossians. We're going to go to chapter 1 and we're going to read a little bit about Jesus. So Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17, it's talking about Jesus and it says this, He is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. And he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace through his blood shed on a cross. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. It is powerful and effective in my life, and I believe it is powerful and effective in everyone's life. Lord, I pray that as we look to the word, as we read it, as we try to communicate the principles in it, Lord, that you would make it come alive like us putting wood on a fire and you igniting it, Lord. Ignite it in our hearts and our lives. Lord, I pray for the people that are home. I pray for their sanity. I pray for their kids. I pray for their health. Lord, do great and amazing things during our little time out. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I feel like the United States is is obsessed with winning. Now, 
Probably all of humanity is obsessed with winning. But the United States is, is very obsessed with winning. So, like, we, we're getting ready to go into a, uh, a, a Olympic season. Now, Olympic season is exciting because it seems like everyone's watching something on, on the TV. They're, they're looking to see who is winning what. And all they really care about is if USA wins the gold or not. And if we get enough gold, then we win the entire Olympics. And I, I, I would venture to say that when USA does not win a gold, let's say they win a silver or a bronze or, or almost a bronze, that people get a little bit disheartened. They get disheartened because they expect to win. We are winners. Have you ever felt like the excitement of people being around and people chanting, USA, USA. We love to chant and be excited. We love victory parades. We love winning. We love the old hip, hip, hooray, three cheers for whoever it is, as long as they are winning. Very rarely does the USA or anybody really celebrate losers. Well, you know what? They did their very best. They just tried and they failed. They're failures. Hip, hip, hooray for the failures. Nobody really does that. No, we like winners. It's funny um, to think about this feeling, but it actually comes inside of us and it, 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 it comes up from inside of us and it comes out in many different ways. As a matter of fact, when people start to think about our country, they think about how the USA is number one at a lot of different things. Now, um, we, we have a good economy, we have democracy, or, or we have all of these things. And, and it's funny, when things start to slip, people get a little bit disappointed that, oh, we're not number one in education anymore. We're not number one in the economy anymore. Oh, well, China's economy or Russia's economy or, or Europe's economy is doing better than us, and we're not doing so good. And all of a sudden, we get really kind of crazy and freaked out that the world is coming to an end for no other reason than we're not number one. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it, it's weird because when we think about sports, I mean, like, I mean, the Yankees won, won a lot of World Series, but here in Kansas City, the Royals have won two, and we almost made it once, and we were, we were like, okay, you know, we could win the World Series next year. You did okay, guys, but you didn't win. You're not champions of the world. You didn't win at all, and, and we have two World Series, but we're okay if, if, they're, if they're just doing okay as long as they're, they're running towards where they're going to. Like, but when they're doing terrible, nobody goes. As a matter of fact, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. We are the, we're the Super Bowl champions of the world. And if the world ends tomorrow, we're, we're going to die the Super Bowl champions. And we're so excited. But Chiefs fans, they're pretty fickle. If they're not doing well, they just leave the stadium. I mean, they'll leave the stadium second quarter if they're not doing well. Because it, it's, it's like up and down. We can't handle the up and down. We want to be number one. Well, here in Colossians, it talks a little bit about Jesus, and it says that he holds all things together, that he was before all things, that he was in the beginning. And it's funny, it says that he's the first one to die and the first one to rise again, and so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Supremacy is, is really another word for first place. As a matter of fact, some versions say that Jesus would have first place. First place. I like first place. I like winning. I like the fact that Jesus, my king, is first place. It's like even if everything else fails, I know that Jesus is first place. 
It's funny, like we have uh, we have these, these kids sports. I have, a, I have a son who is kindergartner into first grade, and he's into first grade right now. But um, he has this neighbor friend named Ollie. Now Judah and Ollie are both both very athletic, and they're they're pretty competitive. They were in in class together, and uh, they competed everything. They run up and down the street. Um, they they ride uh, scooters. They ride bikes, and and they're always talking about who's better and, and who is winning. And, and so I went to the, the field day where they're running the mile run. Now, in kindergarten, they only run two laps. So, and the parents are allowed to run, but I don't, I don't get out there and run with those guys. Um, you know, I just, I just prefer to do my cardio in a different way. Uh, but these guys are out there running, and Ollie's dad, a uh, friend of mine, a neighbor, he, he goes out there and runs with the boys. Now, he runs around with Ollie and Judah. Now, granted, Ollie and Judah are very, very fast for kindergartners, and they are full-out sprinting these two laps. And my friend, uh, Ollie's dad, is running around the track with him, and I'm just praying, Lord, please let Ryan survive this. And the whole time, Judah and, and Ollie are just, just cutting in front of each other. And it's funny, they would cut and they would look back to see if, if how far ahead they were in front of the other. And they almost tripped each other. And then Ryan's running behind them and they're almost, almost tumbling. And all of a sudden, it comes down to the end and they're running across the finish, cutting each other off. And, and Ryan's trying to like not stumble over them. But they are worried about winning. And they get to the very end. And it's like a photo finish. They're like right across there. And you can probably look and see which foot is is, is ahead, and, and I don't know, I, I tend to think it was Judah. I'm sure Ryan thinks it was Ollie, and we're going to argue about that for the rest of their lives until they graduate high school, maybe even after. But it's so crazy. And then they asked us, who won? And me and Ryan just said, you know, I think it was a tie. Because it's easier just to say, you know what, everybody wins. It's easier just to say, we're all good. It's easier just to say, you know, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets first place. But actually, the Bible talks about how if we don't come to this place where we go, you know what, Jesus gets first place, we actually lose. And this whole idea of Jesus getting first place is not so he can turn around and say, yeah, I won first place. I'm better than you. I won. I'm, I'm the big hero, and you're the little hero. That's not what Jesus does. As a matter of fact, what it says is that it was God was pleased to have all of God's nature, all of his fullness, dwell in Jesus for this one purpose. So that Jesus could reconcile all things, all people, all of the earth, all of history, all of the future, could reconcile them to himself. This is what God wants to do. He wants to reconcile. He wants to be Connected. As a matter of fact, do you ever think about this? That when God created the earth, his idea was to be connected to you. That when God created all things, the outside, uh, when, when he created trees, when he, when, he, uh, when he put in us innate desires to grow and to be strong and to invent and to create, all of those things were things that God put in humanity, into the world for us because he wanted to be connected to us. And so you can imagine God's disappointment when, when sin enters and, and humanity has just basically said that I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to choose to not follow you. And, and I don't mean that you're not following God for God, but I mean that that's the natural desire for man to go his own way, humanity to go their own way and to not follow after God. 
As a matter of fact, in that kind of, in that kind of situation, none of us get the trophy. None of us get to win. None of us get to go, you know what? Uh, we all tied. We all did so good. We did our best. And then it's just done. As a matter of fact, we have to look at this. The truth is that we are broken, that we're messed up. And if we're really honest with ourselves, maybe you're laying on the couch, you're, you're uh, sitting at home staring at the walls, and you're just thinking about how messed up you are, how imperfect you are, how broken you are. You're trying to homeschool your kids. I mean, there's some really great homeschool moms and dads at home, and I'm, I'm not talking about you, but, you know, some of us are not so good at teaching our kids geometry, at teaching our kids how to read and to form sentence structures and, and to making sure that they're, they're following all the rules and, and kudos to all of the teachers out there. But it's tough. We, we find ourselves as a failure. How about, how about uh, home projects? Have you started any home projects while you're quarantined at home? And you realize that, you know, you're not an electrician. You're not a plumber. Uh, maybe you can paint, but you're not really a carpenter. You know, you realize that, that with everybody home and running around and dogs, you cannot clean up after everybody. It is like a tornado went through your entire house. You're starting to realize your imperfections. Maybe you're having to face your insecurity inside, your emotions inside, realizing that if I don't have something to do that covers up the pain, I realize how really hurt I am how really broken I am, how bitter I am, how just angry I am, how lustful I am, how addicted I am. Because we have all of these things that cover up our brokenness, but for far too long we've been giving everybody a trophy. Oh, you're okay, you're okay. Just love everybody. Positive vibes. It's all good. But the truth is we have to come to a place where we say, you know what, I'm messed up, I'm broken. And it's when we do that that God will look at us and say, yeah, I have a plan. The plan was this. I sent Jesus, all of my goodness, all of my mercy, all of my passion for you is in him. And he gets first place. And the whole reason he gets first place is so that he can reconcile us to God. Now, reconcile means that something has to be broken. It has to have a divide because all of us are trying to get to God, trying to get to perfection, trying to get to happiness some way. But apart from God, it'll never happen. And so God says, come back. I want to be close to you. I want to be near you. I know there's a wedge. There's a chasm. There's there's a divide between us. But I want to reconcile, not because we're angry at each other, but because I want what's best for your life to reconcile you to me. And I can put my design in you again. I can give you your passion again. I can give you your purpose again. I can show you what you're made for. I can talk to you about the trees and how I made them. I can talk to you about the ocean and how I made it. I can, I can show you how all things in our lives can work together for good because I'm reconciled to you. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say this. He says, whether things on earth or in heaven, he wants to reconcile all of those things by making peace through his blood. In other words, we're, we're heading up on, on the Easter season or just got over the Easter season, whatever it is. Um, it's, it's, it's about this payment that Jesus put his blood on this reconciliation. He paid the price so that you and I can be connected with God. And it's up to you and me to 
enter back into this relationship. God always wants to be reconciled. He always wants to. And he says here, I, 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 I did it so I wanted to make peace. Because I want to make peace through my blood. I paid for it by my blood. Have you ever put your blood, sweat, and tears into something? You know the cost. Can you imagine the cost it took for Jesus to put his blood into connecting you with God? So that you could have peace. And you may not have peace. You may be so tied up in anxiety or, or depression. You may be so tied up with worry. You may be so tied up with those feelings. I know that I'm not enough. Brokenness. Feeling that inadequate about everything. But God is saying to you, I've made peace. Peace is an interesting thing. It's priceless, actually. We want peace. We want everything to be perfect and so that we get peace. It's like if, if, if uh, you know, we could just get out to the ocean and lay on the beach and, 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 and oh, it's so peaceful. If my kids would just do everything right, then I would have peace. If my finances were set and the economy was booming, I would have peace. But peace is something that happens in, in uh, antithesis of what's happening around you. It's something that comes up when nothing else is peaceful, you get to have peace. You get to be secure. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, 18, 10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It says the righteous run into it and they are safe. Peace is safety when chaos is happening all around. And so Jesus came at first place so that he could reconcile us to God, making peace with God. And he is a strong tower. And we can run there and be safe. Safe is like being saved, rescued. It's being secure. And God says that you're secure because Jesus is first place. Jesus is first place. That's a great place to be. Imagine laying in bed and and having peace overwhelm you. Because you could sleep. Because you could rest. You could wake up in the morning. You could feel actually refreshed. Like you were resting because peace was there. What if you could breathe easy? You know, that shortness of breath thing. Or the, I'm, I just, what if you could breathe easy? What if everywhere you go, you have to fight? But now you could lay down your guns. You could lay down the weapons of your warfare and say, I'm at peace because I'm secure. The righteous run into that strong tower, Jesus, and they're safe. Man, that would be a great feeling. Colossians, he he goes on in verse 21. He says this, Once you were alienated because of your, you were enemies in your minds. Enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. When you put Jesus first place, when you stop trying to run that race where you're like trying to, I'm good, we're all good, everybody's good, and you just go, you know what, Jesus makes me good. That reconciliation, reconciliation, that relationship happens again But then he says this, Jesus makes you holy in God's sight. Holy? You mean like what? Like perfect, yeah. Jesus makes you holy in God's sight. Without blemish, no flaw. 
Mm, woke up like this, no flaw, and free from accusation. My goodness, free from accusation? Somebody else looks at me, I know, I mean, we were all running that same race, and, and I won, and, and he didn't, you know, it's like, no, 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 free from accusation. Well, I know what they did, and it's, it's not good, and, and this is what happened, and no, 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 free from accusation. Jesus makes you free from accusation, and he says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, that's that security, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. That's Jesus' story. The gospel is Jesus came to be first place in your life so that you could have security, so that you could have peace with God, that God wouldn't be mad at you, there would be no wrath, that he would have complete safety and security resting on you. It would be like a heavenly host of angels saying, peace on, on earth, goodwill to you, because my favor rests on you. That's what God has done and is doing in your life if you can hold firm to Jesus Christ as first place. First place. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're at the park. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're one of those essential workers. But you don't feel peace. And, and, and it comes from you just running this rat race of trying to be good enough, smart enough. Gosh darn it, hope people like me. But what God wants for you is to simply put Jesus first place and to rest in that. And the Bible says that his name over your life, that, that experience of God through Jesus being first place in your life makes that a safe place, a strong tower, a fortress that works in your life like nothing else will. Would you trust that today? Just right where you are, would you close your eyes or, or just say, God, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. And maybe open your hands or, or whatever it is, just submitting your life to him in a greater way. Hmm. Holding firm to that security. And when you lay your head down at night, when you're staring at the ceiling fan and you have no rest, I want you to remember that Jesus, when he has first place, is a safe place of peace. And most of all, peace with God. Here at ES First, we have a simple prayer that we pray. It's just when we want to give our life to Jesus, when we want to submit our hearts, everything we are, our future, our past, to Jesus, we say this, Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow after you. Would you pray that prayer with me? Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow after you. And that begins a relationship with Jesus. You get to hold firm. You get to be secure because you're holding on to the truth that, you know, I'm broken. I'm messed up. I'm imperfect. I'm not whole on the inside. But Jesus is first place, and he's making me new, holy, free from accusation, and connected with God. Thanks for joining in today. And yes, first online, God bless you. Wash your hands and stay safe.